Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex, and look out for Nosferatu, we've arrived at episode 264. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Are we really traveling with the Doctor? Not really. Well, he's an incognito. <laughs> it's John Smith. Oh. <laughs> All yeah, right, I'll he, buy that for hu- Human nature, John Smith. He's, you know? He was uh, checking on some uh, rumors of some... Uh, um, uh, Fish vampires? No. <laughs> what do they call them? Something vores? Uh, hemovores. Hemovores, yeah. That joke would have been funnier if I could remember. <laughs> it was almost funny. It's almost there. <laughs> That's my life. Almost funny. It was, it was almost too clever. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys have a good week? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> too many people died. It was not a good week at all. Yeah. All right, what do we got in news? Now some more sad news. Unfortunately, Robert Banks Stewart has passed away at the age of 84. Uh, if the name doesn't jump out at you, he wrote Terror of the Zygons and the Seeds of Doom. Brought us two iconic characters to the show. In the Zygons and then Scorby. Scorby! And then there's a crinoid too, you know. But. <laughs> uh, and he also passed away from cancer, unfortunately. Sad. I have no idea those were by the same guy. Totally, they're very different. Yeah. It's interesting. Two stories about a quiet invasion. Pretty much the same. (laughs) (laughs) A giant monster at the end. A giant monster at the end. Yep, nope. (laughs) Strip it away. Pretty much the same story. No. You can say that for a lot of Who stories, yeah, though. <laughs> well, but see, it's all about the hero's journey, Glenn. <laughs> uh, some other happy news. Series 9 has won a Golden Tomato Award from Rotten Tomatoes. This is a good thing, right? This is a good thing. Okay. A gold, you want the, the, a Golden the, Tomato. The article that... Uh, it's when, not when a Razzie. When I saw the post... Golden tomato, and I thought, well, that's got to be good. We give away golden bow ties. There's golden tomatoes. I can see the, you know, and and then it was it was tied with a comment, and I couldn't tell if the comment was a tongue in cheek comment, making fun of the people who were chanting it, or if it was a legitimate, yeah. And I went, so I'm not, I wasn't, I was, I was confused. So <laughs> <laughs> there may have been some tortures and pitchforks. So that's why I was, I was, I was not sure. It's been voted the best reviewed TV sci-fi fantasy horror series of 2015. On Rotten Tomatoes. And it's 100% fresh, according to that. So high, high marks for Series 9. And even beat out Game of Thrones Season 5 and Daredevil. That's impressive. And Ash vs. Evil Dead. I guess we did finish that this week. Is that over? I forgot about that one. Well, that was only a 10 issue or 10 episode run. Oh, I thought it was longer than that. Hmm. I think it was 10. It was also voted fourth in the best returning TV shows category. So some some awards headed to quasi awards headed to the show. Congratulations to them. Yeah. Uh, 
fresh off the heels of the release of the Legends of a Shielder. There's no U.S. release date yet, but in the U.K. you can pre-order The Legends of River Song, a nice anthology book with tales written by Jenny T. Colgan, Jacqueline Rayner, Steve Lyons, Guy Adams, and Andrew Lane, and Justin Richards edited the entire yeah, thing. Steve Lyons is my Justin Richards for... <laughs> <laughs> I like him. It's going to be released June 2nd in the UK, so hopefully not very long after it will come out in the US. And that's different from the Diary of River Song. That's a whole the different Diary book, of River right? Song is the BBC America or the the Big Finish audio. That's the Big Finish. Okay. Yeah, this is I think that's her first solo book that they've done. I believe that's right. So. She she's the author of the uh Melanie Malone yeah. story. Yeah. But well, I guess she's kind it's of the quasi subject of that too. But yeah, but yeah, well, and that's more based around the actual story as opposed to brand new stories featuring River Song. Correct. Um, Big Finish Day number eight was this weekend. Hard to believe there's been eight Big Finish Days now. And some big news coming out of that is that for series. Four? Four? In 2017, yeah, in the fourth series of The War Doctor, John Hurt is going to be joined by Louise Jameson. I'm excited about that. So we'll friend, figure out what happened to Leela uh, during the... Uh, uh, the Time War. Time War, yeah, because she was left on Gallifrey. Yeah, and we know she was there when Romana was president. So my first thought was, "What an odd pairing!" And then I went, "No, no, no, that's a perfect no, no, no. pairing. That, that's that works." Yeah, they almost need a third companion to balance the two out. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you you can't go off and kill everybody. Why not? <laughs> uh, they, you haven't read Engines yet. No, I haven't. It, the War Doctor was still kind of a pacifist. He's still at, trying to, to be point. the Doctor. Yeah, he was still trying at that time. So. Uh, there's lots of other uh, news. Out of uh, Big Finish Day 8, if you want to go look it up, some Torchwood news about Series 2, etc., etc. But that was the big headline, in my opinion, was Leela and the War Doctor. And our last bit of exciting news is Time Eddie has added some more guests. They announced that <laughs> John Peel will be at the convention. Glenn knows who that is, because he read his book, one of his books. Uh, he is an author who wrote Time Warp Genesis, as well as uh, produced novelizations of early Dalek stories. And he's currently working on a new book about the Brigadier. So he's writing a Lethbridge Stewart book, I'm assuming, coming up. I wonder if it's a Lethbridge Stewart book or if it's about the Brigadier, like maybe a... Uh... Um, a, f a fictional biopic kind of thing. I don't know. Fictional biopic kind yeah. of thing. You know. Okay. As in the life and times of Lethbridge Stewart, but not necessarily a... a Will they actually film this? Or? It's a book. Well, he's a, a biopic. A, bi a, bio oh. a biography. <laughs> ah, fictional biography. Fictional biography. 
I haven't seen all the uh, future. <laughs> you can always tell the man who lives in the movie world. They're all biopics. <laughs> <laughs> I have to imagine that when Sean reads a book, it's on a big giant flat screen in his head as it plays out. He is writing. John a- Williams does the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> he is writing a Lethbridge Stewart novel. For Candy Jar Books. Oh, okay. So it's an official. Called The Grandfather Infestation. It is the third set of Series 3. And it will be set during September 1969. And I didn't realize this. The short story we reviewed, The Fright Before Christmas, takes place after all of these. Even the next wave of books. Really? Yeah. It, it, it's at, it's 3.3A, according to the website on Candy Bar, Candy Jar. Wow. They have a nice reading order now on a tab on, if you go to lethbridgestuartnovels.wordpress.com, there's a nice reading order. Uh, I suspect. Well, in true Traveling the Vortex fashion, we're not doing them in order. So. Well, but they suspect, released it early, so. I suspect. Well, we're doing the main line in order. <laughs> I suspect that that came about. Based on a conversation, I'm not sure, but based on a conversation that Keith and Andy were having on Facebook about trying to get things oh. straight. <laughs> Us trying to get things well, straight. The candy jar books, they know what the order is. That, that, but Keith was, 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 had some questions on ben the how had things some questions fell. too. So, yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So I think after I asked and then Ben asked, they were like, okay, we're just post it to the website. Yeah. So that's a great resource. So check that out. The other guest Time Eddie has added is Peter Davison. Finally, I get to meet five. I don't feel so bad about not making it to Galley now. (laughs) (laughs) This will be my first classic series doctor autograph that I will personally get. Because Sean's brought me back all the others. So I'm very excited about that aspect. I'll only have one left after this because, well, (laughs) of the ones that... Are still around or, or come to the U.S. <laughs> we, we, we should probably pool our resources and send a care package all at the same time. Because you can mail Tom pictures and he will sign and, and send them back. And it's one of those things that as soon as I found that out, I went, yeah, yeah, I should do that. And I haven't done it yet. So we should all. Oh, yeah. We should all do that safe postage. and Yeah, absolutely. And, and kind of we'll knock him out and get him. <laughs> Don't <laughs> knock him what? out. <laughs> We're not going to gas him through the mail. That would be illegal. <laughs> Can it be a big Besides, how are you going to get him back here? Only, only, only if they catch us. <laughs> how are you going to get him back here? That's the second part of the plan. <laughs> mail myself to England. Please sign this. <laughs> I, I can see. <laughs> I can see as Tom leans over to sign the pictures. Sean's got this big giant potato sack. Puts it over his head. <laughs> Butterfly net. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we could meet Andy for tea. There you go. (laughs) Andy's like, no, don't make me an accessory to this. (laughs) I get him to sign my book while I'm there. (laughs) Uh, We should talk to Andy about – well, actually, we should talk to uh, Karen about getting Andy over here for time. Time, Andy. That would be awesome. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Maybe we should do that. I'll, I'll We've already put Kieran. it up there now on the show, so we have to do it now. I'll shoot Kieran an email. Yeah, shoot Karen an email. 
Andy, you want to come to the U.S.? <laughs> we're, we're, we're people who know people. Yeah, come, right. come promote the Lethbridge Stewart line. Absolutely. I bet you could sell a lot at Time Eddie. Andy, have you ever been to Kansas? <laughs> <laughs> We've got a great best western. Yeah. Well, it was a best western one. We'll take you to breakfast. I believe so. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, we really segued here, didn't we? <laughs> Anyway, uh, Tom will be there. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Peter Davison is definitely confirmed for Time Eddie, and we are over the moon. And yes, uh, Chrissy, if you want to come out, (laughs) yeah, it's in October. Plan your plan. You buy your tickets now. Get them while they're cheap. There's a promo code on the website, and then. Come out. Speaking of Chrissy, did you get your invitation? I did get my invitation. Yes, we did. Congratulations. Thank you for that. And uh, we're... Not congratulations that you got an invite. We're we're scrambling (laughs) to see... Although I don't know, maybe. We're scrambling to see if we can can just make it a road trip and we'll just rotate drivers. So... (laughs) I got a new car. It'll make it. Now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we all have new cars. That's like true. We do all new vehicles. I might have some availability coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad it's in sweeps. <laughs> oh, it is right in the middle of sweeps, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, come on. You only live once. Yeah. <laughs> if, we, if, if we leave early enough, could we get to Utah on Saturday? Mm. Probably not. I guess if we all rotate and drive, <laughs> we could. If we never stop driving. Sleep, yeah, yeah, you just sleep. Two two people sleep. One person drives. After four hours, you wake the others up. Well, one of the others up. <laughs> We're doing four-hour shifts. We could be there. You guys would wake me up, or I'd, I'd wake you up. Good news, gents. We're in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sadly, we just left Rhode Island. We did what? <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I've never seen the sun come up in the west. <laughs> All right. Nobody's actually going to sing it. Well, let's move on to what would have been feedback. And we don't have any, but we do want to put something out there. If anybody has sent us feedback in the past week and we will now say we haven't gotten any, um, please shoot us a message on Twitter or something. Facebook. Facebook. um, Saying that, yes, I did send something. Because uh, we're we've actually pre-show we've been kind of scrambling with some uh, mail because uh, we've discovered that we've dis- some things aren't some working. Things aren't working on the uh, email end. So if you did send us a feedback this week, knock us a line on Twitter or Facebook, and we can possibly direct message you with a way to get that feedback to us. And we are continually working on our feedback mailbox right now to see if we can figure out what our issue is. Yes, you can. Uh, it's all Keith's can- fault. <laughs> and you can send mail fault. directly to him. Oh, that you can. Well, we've determined it might be the guy who had about fifteen hundred unread emails in his mailbox. <laughs> I'm not uh, gonna, you know, name names, but it starts with an S and ends with a Sean. This would be the guy who didn't know he had a mailbox. <laughs> Detective Neanderthal. <laughs> Uh, Technological. You, you, you can also send us messages through to the Traveling the Vortex Facebook page. Yes. You can send us messages that way, too. So what if they don't have Facebook, it. Keith? How else can they get a hold of well, us? Well, they can get a Twitter, like Glenn said. We are on Google+. <laughs> if they send it there, we'll probably never read it. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> what about smoke signals? <laughs> that might work. Well, of course, don't forget the good read. Telegram. Club, Tumblr. I don't know if you can send messages on Tumblr. Wadded up post-it notes. 
Some paper huck, planes. Just huck them. <laughs> Message in a bottle. Might be kind of hard to get those in Kansas, but... <laughs> Balloonogram. Hey, hang on, I'm thinking of a way to do that. <laughs> singing, singing telegram. Oh, oh, I challenge. Somebody send us a singing telegram. I will, give, I will give you Sean's address and the time that we record the next show so that they can come in here and sing it on the podcast. That would be awesome. Da, 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 da. I am your singing telegram. <laughs> <laughs> Two cans and a bit of string. Oh, let's move on to our review. So, The Hobbit. What'd you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> Much more Sylvester McCoy <laughs> than in anything I'd ever seen from him outside of Doctor Who. Uh, I got a synopsis. Let's, let's tell let's, that story first. Okay, let's, do the synopsis first. Synopsis first. Throughout history, Dracula has filled men's hearts with fear and women's hearts with desire. In this stylish retelling of the classic tale of horror, Frank Langella gives an electrifying performance as the bloodthirsty Along with Count. Mr. McCoy. With Sir Olivier as his legendary nemesis, Van Helsing. And Sylvester McCoy. The renowned and relentless vampire hunter seeking to end the Dark Prince's reign of terror over the citizens of Transylvania with the help of Sylvester McCoy. <laughs> Co-starring Sylvester McCoy. He's not even on the box. <laughs> He's barely in the film. <laughs> Is that the end of the synopsis? That's the end of the synopsis. Okay, first of all, dun dun dun, because this was amazing. However, have you never seen this? I'd never seen this. Oh, okay. I'd never seen it. Either. Well, then I'm glad we watched it anyway, because <laughs> it's one that everybody needs to watch. You had seen it? Or I saw not? it years ago. Oh, I, I thought you said no, you had no, no. never seen this, no, and that's I had why you this. pushed no. for this one. No, no, I saw this one. I just, I, it was a Dracula film. And it's Sylvester McCoy, and I thought, eh. well, I, at the time I saw it, I had no idea who Sylvester McCoy even was, I'm sure. Well, maybe I did, but I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't remember. If only much. you had watched a little more of his run back in the day, maybe you would have recognized <laughs> I him. I remember how much he was in the movie. So we, when we, we were putting this together, and with some of the doctors, or with our Beyond the Doctor series, we've, we've struggled. We've gone, we'd like to do something that they're actually in. Like Colin Baker. We've and, struggled a lot. And, and Colin Baker, uh, you know, God love the man, but he just hasn't done a lot of work that's commercially available here in the States right. that we can, you know, watch. And so we kind of knew with Sylvester we were also going to have that problem outside of The Hobbit. Now, The Hobbit would have been a safe bet because we kind of figured at this point most of our audience has probably seen that film. <laughs> Um, some of you more than once. And he, while has a small role, it's noticeable. <laughs> but Glenn says, well, let me do some research on that, because he didn't want to do The Hobbit. And he comes back and says, Dracula, we're going to do Dracula. And he's all excited about Dracula. We're like, is he in Dracula? He goes, yeah. I don't know how much. Let me do some research. <laughs> so right before the schedule comes out, and I'm like, Glenn, what are we, what are we doing? I've got two spots for the it's it's either the hobbit or, or dracula he says just go ahead and put dracula on there and I'll, I'll figure out how much he's in it okay so we put dracula on and it's not until early this week after everything's said and done and dracula's on the this is official i can't take it back now it's it's on there and i see a post i don't remember if it was a tweet or a facebook post from glenn going wow i forgot how much sylvester mccoy isn't in this <laughs> It was Facebook, I think. <laughs> and my first thought was, uh-oh. <laughs> so we sat down to watch it, and the credits start rolling. 
and we get through the main uh-huh. names, and then we get down to the with, and there's a whole and page full of names, <laughs> and he's not in that group either. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I went, oh. <laughs> now, having said all that, I want to talk about this film because I'm an amazing pedigree. Okay, so we've got John Badham, who I'm always, I don't know why, but I'm always surprised when I find a new John Badham film that I've not seen. Because I what will, else has he done? Well, he did War Games. That's the one I will always go back to. As He did War, this is the guy that did War Games. He's done a ton of stuff, and I cannot for the life of me pull any of them out of the ether. <laughs> but War Games. I'll bet you could end up with him, and you'll be like, oh man, this guy's done a lot of stuff. But he did War Games. Uh, obviously, we've got Franklin Jones. Short Circuit. Yeah, there you go. Saturday Night Fever. Nick of Time. Oh, wait, that one sucked. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, go on. Don't forget War Games. It's on there. War Games. <laughs> so so we, we've got um, Frank Langella. We've got uh, Donald Pleasance. We've got Laurence Olivier. Uh, just, you know, this is, a, this is a great, and Sylvester McCoy. There's a great cast. The story's written by W.D. Richter. Or story or screenplay? Screenplay. 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 screenplay the story by is written by uh, well, Randy yeah. <laughs> So And W.D. Richter is, of course, uh, synony- geek circles. He's synonymous with uh, Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. And technically, the, Invasion of the body original story that Big Trouble in Little China became. Because mm. Big Trouble in Little China is kind of loosely based on the script that he had for the second Buckaroo Banzai movie. Uh, Buckaroo Banzai versus the World Crime League. Hanoi Shan and the World Crime League. Anyway, so there's a... And then, um, oh, what was the other, uh, oh, John Williams did the soundtrack, the score. Yeah. It was a John Williams score. And I went, wow, there's some big names in this. And Sylvester McCoy. (laughs) So just during the opening credits, even though Sylvester McCoy wasn't in them, uh, I was pretty jazzed. And then as the movie unspooled, I was pretty jazzed. I loved it. (laughs) I thought it was great. Having just watched all the other Dracula films of the original, you know, not the sequels to Dracula. Because you watched Dracula. I watched, I watched the the Universal 30s. I watched the Hammer Horror, and I watched the 90s Bram Stoker. Okay. And yeah. then this is the only one I did not watch. I'd say it's tied for second. After the Bella after, Lugosi. After I think it ties with Hammer. But mostly, be, this the execution in this is phenomenal, and the acting is wonderful. Hammer gets up there because it's a different take on the story, and a, a different approach. Yeah. Than the same story that you see every time they decide to go and adapt Dracula. The elements are there, but the differences are enough that, to me, it it, it elevates it. The direction in this is phenomenal. The color work and the lighting. Yeah. And, and the and the camera is. Absolutely phenomenal. There are large chunks of this film where it looks like it's black and white, except for some flesh tone that you can barely see, which is amazing. So I, I, I'm, I didn't watch any bonus features, but I, I watched a little bit of the bonus features. But I would love to know and why, figure out why he decided to film it the way he did, because the other ones weren't that way. Yeah. I mean, it's so well done. It's gorgeous. It really yeah. is a gorgeous film to look at. Um, Frank Langella's hair. <laughs> That's what was electrifying. It was. I, I would give just about anything to have my hair look that good. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. He walked on the screen, and I, I love the build. And we haven't seen 
Frank Langello with much hair for a long time. <laughs> I think yeah. maybe that's why I was so drawn to it is because it was like, here's Frank Langella with hair. <laughs> but that's kind of what it was like seeing Bruce Willis in Die Hard for Sarah. He has hair. <laughs> I love the build because they, they no bones about it. Dracula, it's in the title. And then they're, they're, the guys are now, where's Count Dracula? Where's that? It's like, oh, we know him already. Just it's a, there's a shipwreck and there's a thing and oh yeah we're we're hauling crates out of the the, the hull of the ship and everything it's like well, you guys are just but where is he where is he where is he? and they just kind of built this very slow mystery up because everybody knew oh here's Count Dracula but they didn't know it was Count Dracula we knew it was Count Dracula you know what I mean <laughs> they didn't know what Count Dracula was right and so you know and then when he finally shows up. And steps out of the carriage, and it's just the boot and the thing, and then the doors open. And oh yeah, and it, it's it's not until Sylvester McCoy announces him <laughs> at dinner, Count his, Dracula, his first line, and takes his coat that I went, oh wow, there he is with hair. Sylvester? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sylvester had hair too. But Sylvester did have hair too, and still glasses, which I thought was fun, um, but. Uh, I just, I, I hope, I, I genuinely hope that my hair could ever look that good. <laughs> he had amazing hair in this movie. But yeah, Sylvester was there and took his cape. You had hair when I first met you. I did? Yeah. Really? Yep. It didn't look this good, and though. And you had a lot of long hair in the back, too. Oh, uh, yeah. We don't, we don't talk about the 90s <laughs> Superman days. <laughs> did you have uh, rock the mullet? I did rock the mullet. What was I thinking with that? I know, I can tell you what I was thinking. I really wanted long hair. I really, really, really wanted long hair. And I have curly hair. You can't tell because I keep it short. But the moment it gets any length to it, it just goes and it kinks up and it curls. And mm. I kind of have a white boy fro. <laughs> and uh, it was horrible. And I tried putting it into a mullet. And I just longer and longer and longer in the back and short in the front. It just, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Business in the front, party in the back. I think that statement can be said about anybody who wears a mullet. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. So, um, <laughs> but enough about my hair. Let's talk more about Franklin Jealous here. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I was real excited. Sylvester McCoy showed up and I went, he's the butler. And then he didn't do anything. He's not this really even the butler. for the longest time. <laughs> but then I saw him in one background plate shot in the asylum. And yeah, he walked up to do something. <laughs> He he's the one that comes up and starts cutting uh, Renfield's hair when they first. Uh, and then he was cutting put, Renfield's hair. Put Renfield in the uh, asylum, and he was with the uh, the three of them when they were out there doing the autopsy. Well, they were actually cutting her heart out. The the one gal that yeah. the victim's heart out. Mina. Uh, so that Mina. yeah, Mina. So that she wouldn't come back. And he let go and, of the horse. <laughs> couldn't hold on to the horse. The horse ran off. <laughs> horse ran away. His I mean, other line is shouting uh, down the hall for. Um, That's the best bit of it for him. What's his name? Uh, a, uh, after Dracula has broke through and and kidnapped Renfield from the uh, asylum, so and thrown coffee or because he doesn't have the well, keys. No, and, and, well, no, they <laughs> don't have the keys. He was kid- kidnapping Lucy. Oh, yeah, you're right. He was guarding he, Lucy. He, was, he, he had already, he already kidnapped. Renfield. Yeah, he, he got the great responsibility Renfield, yeah. of guarding Lucy. And Lucy gets kidnapped. <laughs> well, he was on the outside of a locked door. Yeah, and who knew they that didn't, they didn't Dracula trust was going to come through the wall? He was fighting Count Dracula. It's, I know. There's no way you could win that. Yeah. Something that occurred to me this time watching this through is this is the movie that Mel Brooks borrowed heavily from in his version of Dracula, Dracula Dead and Loving. Yeah. There's a lot of elements mm. of this movie that he parodied in 
Dracula did. Starting with the boat crossing. It didn't occur to me until rewatching it this time. It was very familiar to me when I saw Dracula Dead and Loving It. But it was it, it just it really kind of hit me that oh wow he this this there's a good chunk of this is is what he brought from. he brought obviously from all of the different uh, genres yeah. or, de- or deviations of the story but yeah this one there's a lot to it yeah still not a good movie but <laughs> Dracula doesn't oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's got two good gags in the, in that one. Um, boy, I feel like I'm going to do this. As a so, 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 Mr. McCoy, for what little he was in this movie, he was phenomenal. He was great. He absolutely well, great. most of if you'll notice, most of his acting in this is very physical. His yes. very facial expressions, his very Which is facial presence. Something he is very good at. And yeah, that's about it. That's all I can say. He can scream at the top of his lungs really well he for can. somebody. <laughs> Running through the asylum. Good projection. <laughs> he reminded me a lot of... Um, Radar. Radar. Yeah. From uh, MASH. He really yeah. did. <laughs> he that really did. Well, I'm surprised. I thought, I'm going to say Radar because that's what he reminded me of. And you guys are going to look at me like, what? So I didn't expect you guys to agree with me, but that is indeed not, who he not, reminded me of. Not some of it's of. the glasses. Well, he was some of wearing. it is the glasses, but I think part of it is his stature. Yeah, because he's the. Well, I think even some of his expressions, like some of it's a bit like kind of deadpan, but some of it's also very like reactive. You know, yes. Like, Especially when it's one of those shots that kind of pans across a group of people that are not one of the three main leads, and he stands out, and he's standing yeah. there, and we're looking for him because it's Sylvester McCoy, but then he just kind of pops because they're talking about something serious, and he's supposed to either react or not react to it, and he manages to kind of do both at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. It just I, very very radar. I think his outfit was a bit radar too, especially at the end, the the asylum kind of outfit that he was wearing. Yeah, a little bit. Was he wearing a? Uh, I mean, it wasn't a military uniform. Military no, uniform. No, oh, but okay. I, I just I just imagine that's something radar would wear outside of the military. Oh, okay. <laughs> Strikes his personality that way. I don't know. We'd have to go to Aftermash to find out, and nobody's really interested in doing that. I don't often think about what people wear outside of their professions and films, but okay. Maybe because it was kind of the brownish. Fictional. His fictional wardrobe, not his real wardrobe. No, not his real wardrobe. Maybe tonally, visually, it was kind of similar. Even so what are you wearing? It's like Klinger wore dresses outside of the military. He wore dresses inside of the military. <laughs> Actually, we have to assume that he probably didn't wear dresses outside the military yeah, because, because he, he was, was trying, trying to get, to get out of the out. army by wearing dresses. We're struggling to talk really about struggling. this without just reviewing the film because, because the movie is really not what it's about. But I'd, I'd be fine reviewing it. I, the movie was, like I said, with everything about it, the way, the, way the, the effects work. When the fog's coming in and the mist and he's climbing down the wall. Oh, yeah. That shot was great. The makeup on Mina when when she's in the cave <coughs> and they, they find her and the, the, how horrific she looks is phenomenal. Yeah. Scar- I remember probably the scar- one of the scariest bits in the film. I remember it's really not that scary of a film, in my opinion. No, it's 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 most, subtle. Most it's subtle on, Dracula. Yeah, it's subtle on horror. Yeah, um, it's 
I remember as a kid seeing this and seeing Dracula crawling down the side. Of, I used. I remember thinking it was so cool. It was cool. On this viewing, it just seemed a little cheesy, and no, I don't know why it, was it seemed cool. cheesy to me. Maybe because I've seen Dracula Dead and Loving It now, and <laughs> maybe that's what makes it cheesy. But <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I don't know. There was just something wrong with that. But it, yeah, overall, it was, it's a good film, and it's it's, it's phenomenally acted. Frank Langella is great in this. Mm. He just conveyed it, and the exchanges between how him early and was this in his career? You guys know. 1979. Early enough, he had hair. <laughs> a lot of hair. Um, the exchanges between him and I and honestly can't think of anything he's done before Dracula. I mean, I can think of a lot of stuff he's done after. His, his most recent thing that I remember was Perry White in uh, uh, Man of Steel. Robot and Frank. Or no, yeah, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Not Man and of Steel. He Man, was uh, in uh, uh, Superman, Superman Returns. Returns. Yeah. yeah, Robot and Frank. Uh, yeah, he really ha- he did the Mark of Zorro TV movie. <clears throat> And some other films I don't recognize. So it's impressive that you can put. I mean, obviously now Frank Langella is Frank Langella, so it's a name. You know, he's he's kind of become somebody. But back then, to put what apparently is a relatively new guy, I, I wonder if he he did a lot of theater. Must have. I mean, because in my mind, that even if he'd done a lot of theater work and was phenomenal, it's a risk. Oh yeah, to put him as Dracula. Going up against Laurence Olivier. I mean, <laughs> that's a heavy name. Yeah. You know. Never mind the fact that Donald Pleasance is in it, but Laurence Olivier. Sir well, Laurence uh, Olivier. Pleasance was uh, a bit of a, I don't want to call a, a B actor, but he kind of was because he always did a lot of Hammer films or he did those those types of kind of low-tier films. Well, and he always, don't get me wrong, I love Donald Pleasance, but he always kind of plays the same part. In yeah. those kinds of films, too. He's always, uh, what's his name? Lumen. Lumen? Loomis? Loomis. Loomis. He's always Loomis. <laughs> doesn't, yeah. It doesn't matter what yeah. he's in. Well, except he's, for he's always uh, Escape from L.A. when he was the president. Hey, he was That's quite, quite different. No, no I thought was that was Loomis. quite different. <laughs> Blofeld, that was different. Loomis was everything else. <laughs> oh, he played Nixon in uh, Frost Nixon, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. Okay. Yes, he did. Angela, not not yeah, not not not, not, <laughs> no, not no 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 no. <laughs> not not I'm sorry, Ed. but yeah, no. Just I, 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 the exchanges that he had with Van Helsing when he first comes to, you know, when he, when he comes to the uh, the cemetery to pay his respects, and there's that immediate the hackles have gone up, and you can tell that Van Helsing thinks something is up with this guy, but he can't quite put his finger on it, but he thinks he knows what it is to put his finger on. And I, I forget the exact exchange, but uh, Dracula says something to the effect of, well, you know, by your leave. And Van Helsing replies with, with my blessing. And you can just tell that Dracula kind of flinched. <laughs> just like, ah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is awesome. It looks like he was uh, Frank Angela. Excuse me, back to Frank Angela. Looks like he was mostly a TV actor before uh, Dracula. A couple of films I that I don't recognize. Yeah, I don't but. see anything other than a handful of films in the 60s, or his early 70s. But. It was nice of him to clean up the house before she came over to dinner, too. Yeah. Got most yeah. of the cobwebs <laughs> out of the dining room. 
that I think is is is, is maybe a, a slight failing which I didn't care about was just the the, the the logistics of it that you know okay we're sailing from wherever to England and then Transylvania or, or, yeah sailing from, from Transylvania, Transylvania to England and I'm going to buy the the house next door to you guys and uh, and it looks like a castle it looks like a Transylvanian <laughs> castle yeah. next to an asylum yes yeah sure why not little, it was a little <laughs> little too convenient but there's even a woods you just kind of you just let it. You just yeah, let it. You just let it it's be. It's Dracula. It's, it's, there, there's atmosphere here. We're gonna. We're just gonna allow it. Um, and apparently nothing else around. Yeah, well, there was a town that they never went to, except <laughs> not, to get not, the not, one to, guy. Except, except to, to get Van Helsing. Yeah, except to, to to arrive in port and to leave in yeah. port at the train station. I was a little shocked at the end that. And uh, this is the, uh, the 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 Hollywood mentality speaking. That was a great ending. That you know he's he's anybody else root for Dracula and these things a little bit. I always find myself rooting for Dracula because inevitably Van Helsing and and the the humans. He's just there looking for a woman, you know. <laughs> he's just, he's looking for his queen. I need a bride. I'm like, oh you. I've chosen you. We're gonna take you, and I'm gonna go away. That's it. I'm not gonna curse your family and your household name. I want her. We're leaving. I just bought the house to get her. I mean, that's kind of the whole, the whole thing. And then he was going to leave. Now, yeah, admittedly, down the road, they're going to make a whole bunch more vampires and Kingdom of Darkness and all that stuff. But you know, his intentions. Not to are, mention the woman he killed previously and turned into. Ah, uh, that was just feeding. But you know, his intentions are relatively pure at this point. And inevitably, the humans in the Dracula stories are immediately grab the pitchforks, let's go burn him out of his house, and, you know, we've got breaking and entering, we've got, the, you know, it's just, I don't know. I always kind of want to rooting for Dracula. I think part of me uh, always roots for Dracula coming on the, in my backwards looking at things, knowing that usually there's a slew of sequels, so I know he's going to survive, so I'm going to root for him to survive anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, in the universal, in the horror, in the hammer horror at the end of the film, it appears he doesn't survive, and this one he does. Well, maybe. It appears that he survives, as opposed to the other ones where it appears he doesn't, and they never made a sequel to this one. <laughs> Which is funny, because there's a sequel to the other ones where he appears to die, or exactly. he does die. I don't know. I bet we could get Franklin Jell back. Why don't you play Dracula? He's still making again? movies, so why not? No, I just, a great ending where he gets he I'll gets tell you hooked. why not, because Dracula doesn't age, and Franklin Jell does. Well, but... Okay, so spoilers. Here comes the ending. Ready? So, <laughs> so if you don't know how Dracula ends, well, in this version, so he gets hooked. How does that way in every version? Well, no, technically, this one has no, a little this is, twist. This is a little twist. Twist. He, he gets hooked. and the deaths are always different. On yeah. Now. I th- and I thought to myself when Van Helsing, you know, managed to hook him with the the, the thing. I thought, oh, you just you're just gonna make him mad now. <laughs> so did I. You know, what are you what? doing? That's what not gonna doing? work. And he does. He kind of and he hisses and he's struggling to get around because he's you know. Tied up in the thing. And then uh, Jonathan grabs the, the, the lever, and you realize that this is not just a hook that's hanging out in the bowels of the ship. This is the cargo hook. And so he pushes the lever forward, and the doors open up, and he's hoisted by the hook all the way up to the top of the the mast on, on deck in broad daylight. And I kept waiting for him to burst into flames, because that's what Dracula does when he's exposed, you know. Even the bat did it. <laughs> right? No flames. He just kind of goes, ah. And then spins around, and now he's got some sunburn. Ah, <laughs> a little and gray around. hair, and, and yeah, grayer hair, and and and, and See, some that's more how they blisters. Could bring back. Good point. I hadn't thought of that. And then he turns into a kite. 
and so we don't really know what happens. So yeah, I'm convinced you could get Frank Langella because Dracula at the end of this film kind of looks like Frank Langella does now. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, you didn't. Th- I really thought that. I really thought, wow, the makeup department nailed it <laughs> because <laughs> that's Frank Langella. There he is, still with too much hair. But I, I think you could do a sequel fairly easily. So we're convinced he did make it. I'm convinced he did. I make did. It. I I figured he died. I'm just I thought the kite was just what was left over. It wasn't a kite. It was Lucy just a, looked awfully optimistic. She did. She, she looked very. Although she did. Act well, like they, she was they back did to that. They did that seventies horror film twist at the end where you the, the wink at the camera type thing. It's, it wasn't yeah. a genuine wink, but it's, they do this wink of the, of the camera or wink to the audience that hey, this may not be over. Yeah. Now here's the exciting thing: if there's a sequel made, you know who else survived this movie? Sylvester McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> He could come back. Unfortunately, we lost Donald Pleasance several years ago, and we've lost Olivier just recently within the last few years. So, yeah, Sylvester. I wonder if they intended to make a sequel the way they left it ending. I was really kind of hoping that Sylvester was going to play Renfield. I I really thought that would have been a good... Yeah, he could do that, and then his name wasn't in the credits. In fact, technically, Sylvester McCoy was not in the credits at all. I was pretty sure he wasn't Renfield, just from my memory. But I thought he had a bigger, more orderly part. Uh, Sylvester That's what he was. He was an orderly. Yeah. He was an orderly. Who? He was ordered to do a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Including hold horses, announce guests. Failed that. uh, Guard doors. (laughs) Took his cape. (laughs) <laughs> Count Dracula. So next and time we see Sylvester, we're going to introduce him as the man that can't even hold his horses. <laughs> I Most genuinely wouldn't get it. <laughs> I, I generally wish we, but he might. He might gen, genuinely, not generally, genuinely wish we had seen this prior to his appearance at yeah. Comic Con. Because oh, I'd wow. asked him what was it like to share the screen with Donald Pleasance and Lawrence Olivier and Franklin Jones. You know what would have been fun. Is if we just completely ignored Doctor Who <laughs> and just and talked just about, about Dracula? <laughs> just pull it out of him. <laughs> I was in The Hobbit, you know. No, let's talk about Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> Your finest performance, sir. So, Sylvester, um, we want to know <laughs> why'd you drop the R? <laughs> why'd you add the R? Maybe <laughs> was there another actor in England under the, the, the Screen Actors Guild, Sylvester? That's sort of how Peter Davidson got his name. He's the, there was another Peter Moffat, so. That's how David Bowie got his. Yeah. You want to be confused with Davy Jones. True story. I don't know. <laughs> That's why his son goes by Jones. So, um, yeah, our apologies. His last name is Jones. Yeah, I know that. But it just occurred to me that that was Jones in the In the comics. Comics. You didn't get that? No, I didn't get that. <laughs> I got something you didn't get. Seriously. Not till just now. I even knew that Bowie's name was really Jones. I'm glad to enlighten you. <laughs> I knew that. I just put two and two together until just now. Two plus two equals chair. Um, so our apologies to all of our, uh, our, our faithful who went running out to acquire copies of Dracula. And uh, We hope you enjoyed the film as Dracula. 
and weren't looking for Sylvester. That's probably why they didn't send any feedback. It's nothing to do with our <laughs> nothing to do with that lottery box. <laughs> he wasn't was, in was, this. Was Sylvester McCoy even in this? <laughs> it's almost blink and you miss him. <laughs> so, somewhere in my head, there are two old I muppets. Had- Angrily cracking away on a keyboard, he goes, "No, no, there's two K's in knucklehead." <laughs> <laughs> I had intended to go back and watch this again, just to uh, time the amount of time Sylvester <laughs> McCoy's actually on screen, and I guarantee it would not have exceeded three and a half minutes <laughs> in total. In total, even though there are a lot of yeah. different scenes that you can call that recall that he's in. He's in it for like less than 30 seconds well, Mel time. watched it with me and, and she was kind of hither and yon with her attention span and I kept saying, oh, there he is. And she'd look up and he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> she, it almost becomes who, a game. Sylvester? There yeah. <laughs> oh, there he is. Where? No, you missed him again. <laughs> it can't be a drinking game though. Uh, no. You, no never you... <laughs> finish, you never finish a shot. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, take a, take a shot every time he okay, appears. Yeah, and then the extended one you jug. <laughs> so take a shot so every time he appears. Game, so I've had the end of the game. Well, I got a slight buzz. <laughs> <laughs> you take a shot every time he appears, and you drink a beer every time he has a line. <laughs> that might work. So no. you drink like three beers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to count Dracula and. Whatever, because the, the, the running up the stairs was all one line. Whatever incomprehensible yelling that was, and then uh, well, he was calling Donald Pleasant's character's name, and I can't hold Doctor, the horse. Uh, Doctor Ivy, Doctor Doctor Stewart, Stewart, Stewart. Where did I get Ivy and Neely? I have no idea. Doctor Stewart, yeah, he was Stewart. Kept, Stewart. He kept calling Doctor Stewart, Doctor Stewart. They didn't give him a lot of R's. And then his no. his his final line after this: I don't have the key. Yeah. <laughs> Throughout history, one name has inspired both horror and desire. Sylvester McCoy. Sylvester McCoy. <laughs> Anything else we can say about this movie? It was a good movie. The, the movie is brilliant. Definitely. Probably. I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen the original huh, Dracula. It's I, might, brilliant. I, it's, I think really it's brilliant. Good. Really I think really it's brilliant. Good. It was directed so, by the guy that did War Games. <laughs> and War it has Greek. a John War Williams Games. score. Brilliant. Dracula. It's the guy Very who did good. Short Circuit. Short Circuit? No, not brilliant. <laughs> Frank Langella's <Good>. hair. <laughs> brilliant. So, uh, apparently, like Bella Lugosi, Frank Langella never wore fangs for the role. You never saw him with uh, yeah, fangs come down. Yeah, that's true. He always stated he considered it a compliment when the fans of the film would comment on them anyway. <laughs> He was so menacing, he didn't need the bang. I'll, I'll say something. It, 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 it screams hokey in that 70s way. I assume way. I didn't see him because I kept looking at his hair. <laughs> it's mesmerized by Guilty. the hair. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's hokey in that 70s cinema way. But the seduction scene, the way that was shot was was mesmerizing. No, I would that was okay. phenomenal. All the red swirly smoke effects and lasers. <laughs> And the disco ball. The disco ball was, was a nice touch. But it was definitely <laughs> spotlighting. I don't know. I, just, I really, really liked it. I'd go so far as to say this is probably my favorite Dracula story. But it's been so long since I've seen I, the original. I'm with Lugosi. Keith. I, the the original Dracula is, is number one. This one ties with the Hammer horror film. So where do you put the Spanish Dracula? <laughs> 
Well, it, it it gets marks for pretty much looking like the Bela Lugosi version. It's technically, shouldn't it be number one? No. Shouldn't it be a tie? Shouldn't no. it be an asterisk in your, but, on your uh, list? <laughs> nope, then, that I, but, the but then after that, no, I, see, I think it's even lower than Nosferatu. <coughs> I, Nosferatu. Oh, I don't. I don't see. I I know it's Dracula, but I don't count it as Dracula. I just count it as a vampire film. Ironically, it's it's probably more accurate. Too. It, it is. It's, it follows uh, Bram Stoker's novel closer than Dracula yeah. does. Than the Bela Lugosi version, so. But I just don't think of it as Dracula because it's Nosferatu. It's not. It's not Dracula <laughs> they just do because they couldn't use the name. Yeah, because they couldn't get the rights. Well, and and the the. the Yet they still got sued. <laughs> <laughs> the look of Stoker him is so different too. I think that's part of why. Uh, I'm blanking on. I know the I'm the actor Max name. Shrek. Max Shrek. That wasn't the character though, right? That was just the actor. For Nosferatu? Right. Oh, uh, no. Uh, yes, you're right. I can't because remember. Because Max the, Shrek's the, vampire looks yes. so different than any of the other Draculas is part of why I also separate that one. Yeah. It's not a suave, debonair Dracula. The lover. Which I always thought was funny that Christopher Walken's character's name in Batman Returns was Max Shrek. It was like, are you trying to draw a comparison that this guy's a vampire because he's sucking the lifeblood out of Gotham? Probably. Or was it just that he, he's a big fan of Nosferatu and wanted a nod? I don't know. Hmm? Orlock. Count Orlock. 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 Yes. Which we'll revisit in the Doctor Who audio, The Beast of Orlock. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, they are not relation. Well, we could come up on the schedule, Sean. Well, unfortunately, we unfortunately. have... Unfortunately, coming up on the schedule, we have just as much Sylvester McCoy... As what you saw this week in Dracula, <laughs> which is to say, not very much. Uh, on the schedule actually, for this week, well, we actually have less Sylvester McCoy yeah. coming up on the schedule. <laughs> on the immediate in, schedule, in, in order to be full disclosure, we have less Sylvester McCoy coming up. Yes. Uh, no, that's not true. We have in a couple of weeks, we have more, but not much. But in the immediate future, what do we have, we have coming no, up? In on the, the immediate schedule. future, we could say we actually have less Sylvester McCoy. Because there wasn't any Sylvester McCoy. There was Sylvester McCoy. In the immediate future. So, Sean, what do we I have coming up on the schedule? There's no. So, uh, this week for Friday Night Who, uh, we had a request for some Funky Pertwee. So, we're going to do <laughs> Claws of Axos. Who requested the Funky Pertwee? Uh, James. Shock the Monkey. I, like, I haven't seen any Funky Pertwee. This was the man who complained. Seems like all you guys do is Pertwee and Smith episodes for Friday Night Who. So I left him off the schedule for a while, and then he complained, I don't see any Pertwee on the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> this is another one we haven't done since 2011. I realized that after you tweeted that out. That we, correct me if I'm, I'm not crazy, right? That we hadn't done. Yeah, you're crazy, but. Well, I'm not, well, I can't even say delusional. <laughs> you I was not mistaken. I was not mistaken that we had not done um, Delta since. The very first way back, yeah. way back when. In the seven weeks. That's what I doctors. thought, but, but uh, was it John? Um, Dan. Was, Dan. Sorry, Dan. I keep thinking your name's John for some reason. Dan was so convinced that we had done Delta and the Bannerman more recently that he had me questioning it, going, well, maybe according, we didn't. I didn't according write it to down. our website archives, we didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't think so. And that's what my... That's, I, we've always done Friday Night Who posts since we started doing Friday Night Who. And the, the seven Weeks for Seven Doctors was kind of the... Short, like three weeks after we started Friday Night Who officially, and that yeah, was the first run through yeah. for Delta and the Bannerman. So it's been a while, 
Part also, interestingly enough, part of the Seven Weeks for Seven Doctors way back then in 2011 was Claws of Axos. That was the third week. I thought it was Doctor. after. I don't think so. Oh, wait. No, maybe you're right. Maybe we did Claws of Axos first, and then we came back to it later. It doesn't matter. And anyway, we're doing it again this week. <laughs> Glenn's banging his head against his microphone over here. That slow thud rhythmic noise you hear. Um, which really doesn't matter either because we've already reviewed that story. So. <laughs> I don't know. We might have some fresh thoughts on it. We might have some fresh thoughts on it. Um, because we've already <laughs> tackled it, our show next week. We just be quiet over there. <laughs> just sit in your corner and be he quiet. He's quiet. He's just making faces. Chew your cookie. Um, we're going to do. Checkers. <laughs> Renfield and his roaches. Um, we're going to do some more candy jar books. We are going to uh, discuss and review the Lethbridge-Stewart short, The Cult of the Grinning Man. We will have our spoiler-filled book review of Beast of Fang Rock. And then we are also going to do the 10th Doctor Titan comic series, uh, which I believe is 11 through number 15. So it's all books next week. Uh, following is uh, Scream of the Shalka for Friday Night Who on the 29th. And then um, we will be starting Season 2 of Big Finish's Eighth Doctor Adventures, including episodes uh, one and two, which is Dead London and Max Warp. And then just to go ahead and flesh it out, uh, when something we have done relatively frequently since 2011 is Doctor <laughs> Who the movie coming back to Friday Night Who, but it's been That's about where a year. You'll see a little bit, of, a little bit more Sylvester McCoy, and you'll see a little bit more Sylvester McCoy in that one. Um, but it's been uh, probably about a year and a half since we last did that one, so it'll be fun to see it again because it's always a favorite. Uh, and then our Beyond the Doctor with Paul McGann and a Ninth Doctor alternate, Richard E. Grant, because we'll be reviewing With Snail and I, and both of them are in that one. So, And, of course, more schedule on the, uh, on the uh, website than what I gave you, but that's just kind of the next couple of weeks. All right. Is there anything else we need to touch on before we close this show? I don't think so. That's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.